You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to RenewLifeChurch.com. Well, how's everybody doing? It's been a long time since I've been here, and I'm so happy to be back in Midland, Texas. That's right, I said Midland. That's how you know I'm, I'm from, I've been here before, because we in Midland, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> that Lubbock Church don't know about Midland. All right, I got to stop. Good, good morning. My name's Keith. For those of you who don't know me, I'm on the teaching team here, and I'm the campus pastor in Lubbock. And uh, your pastor, Mr. Cody Sykes, is up there preaching uh, to our Lubbock church. And so we kind of flip-flop, which I'm secretly happy for my church, but I'm mad that he's not here so I can see him. But we're not going to talk about that, all right? But he's up there doing a great job. And, and uh, <clears throat> how many of you were here when my wife came to preach? Anybody raise your hand? I heard she brought it. Is that true? All right. I'm just making sure, making sure she wasn't lying to me making sure she didn't just make up some whole big story about how she crushed it, you know? Uh, well, um, I, I'm, I'm really excited just to get to share the message with you today. I kind of have a quick announcement, though, that um, before I get in there, and I think many of you will appreciate this, I just want to remind you um, to go vote this week. And um, get out there and go vote. Um, I, I'll say this pretty much just to get your attention. It's not enough just to pray. It's not enough just to pray. Get out there and vote. And um, I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. Um, that's not my place. But I will say um, one of the things I heard Bill Johnson say, he said uh, that that really helped me. He said, vote according to your beliefs. Vote according to your beliefs. So I'll just leave that right there and we can move on to the message. All right. That sound good. Awesome. Well, if you have your Bible, open up to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to share a message with you today that I've, I've been talking about for three weeks. Um, I'm going to do my best to kind of wrap it all together and, um, and, and kind of, it, it might be a little bit like I've just got a, a fire hose and I'm just letting all three weeks out on you, but just deal with it, okay? Y'all all, right all right if I do that? Um, I want to I want to take you as, as far and as quick as I can, uh, but let's just read some scripture first, and then we will we will jump jump into the subject today. First Peter chapter two, verses four through five, and then we're going to jump down to verses nine and ten. This is the apostle Peter. He says this: As you come to him, the living stone. Notice that the word stone there is it is capitalized. Here, the Apostle Peter, he's talking about Jesus. And he says, as you come to Jesus, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. Here, Peter's talking to believers. Say, that's me. <laughs> he's talking to believers. He's talking to the church. He's talking to people like you and me. And he said, I'm the ultimate living stone, but just like me, you are, you are little living stones. I'm the cornerstone. And together, we are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. Skipping down to verse 9, a scripture you're very familiar with. He says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation 
God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. I need one amen after that. He called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Here's my favorite part in verse 10. He says, once you were not a people, but now you're the people of God. Before you knew knew Jesus, you have to understand this, you weren't a people. But the moment that you accepted Jesus into your life, the moment that you gave your life over to him, you know what happened? You actually became a people. You became a part of the family of God. You became a part of the people of God. Let's just just get going first things first this morning. You ready? It, It is not just about your personal relationship with God. Living in the kingdom is not just about your personal relationship with him. It's also about the corporate relationship that you have with him. It's about the relationship that we in this room have together with him. Your personal relationship is very, very important to God. You having an intimate, vibrant relationship with him, man, he loves that. But you know what? He also, he also desires to have a relationship with a family. He also desires to have a relationship with a people group. This is why Peter, who, uh, interesting, he's using this analogy. He was called the rock, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Remember, those were the words that Jesus used to Peter. And here he, he kind of he stays with that theme and says, we're living stones. And we're being built into a spiritual house. You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Once you were not a people, but now you're the people of God. His language suggests and shows us that we are called to so much more than just a personal relationship with God, but we're actually called to come together as the body. It's a little thing that we like to call around here, spiritual family. You're called to spiritual family. Today I wanna to talk to you about spiritual family. If you've been around us for some time, you, you've heard us say this, this phrase, but I realize it's not a very common phrase. So just to kind of be clear and to kind of give a, def, a definition, um, a, a really in-depth definition, Hold on to your seats, ladies and gentlemen. Spiritual family means your family in the spirit. I know. It was deep. Did you get it? When we say spiritual family, what we mean is is the family that you have in the spirit. Terms that you are more familiar with, it's your brothers and your sisters in Christ. It's your moms and your dads in Christ. It's your sons and your daughters in Christ Jesus. See, the moment that you got saved, Scripture teaches us that you got grafted into a family. You got adopted in. You joined a people group. And, 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 and here's what's cool about it. You didn't just, many of us think, oh, well, we, we, we just joined the big C global church. That's true. We joined believers everywhere since the beginning of time. We we became a part of that big family, which is an amazing thought. But you know what else should happen? Is you shouldn't just join the big C church. We should all be involved and joined in a little C church. A local church. A spiritual family. 
It's very interesting to me that when Peter began to teach about spiritual family and he began to teach about how God was wanting to bring together and build this spiritual house, notice that he didn't say that you're a chosen person. He said you're a chosen people. Notice he didn't say you're a royal priest, but you're a royal priesthood. A holy nation. I, I believe this with all my heart. We cannot, are y'all with me today? <clears throat> Again, I'm kind of like taking three messages and just throwing it into one. <clears throat> I believe this. You cannot reach the call of God on your life without a commitment to spiritual family. You will not get to where you need to be outside of spiritual family. Does that mean you can, can you still have a decent life? Yeah, probably. Can you still have a good relationship with God? Yeah, most likely. But to truly get to where God has called you to, it will require your commitment to spiritual family. You wanna know why? Because God calls you to people. God calls you to a people group. He plants you in a body. He's wanting to bring you together as living stones to make this spiritual house through which, where which he will dwell, where which he will inhabit, where his presence shows up. Uh, just to kind of give you a little bit more proof, um, have you noticed that you cannot recreate what happens in this room when we worship? You can't recreate it when you're by yourself. You can choose the best worship leader, your favorite voice in gospel music. You can choose whatever you want and you can turn them on as loud as you can in your car and you cannot reproduce what just happened. You wanna know why? Because we have a corporate relationship with God just like we have an individual relationship with him. There's something special that happens when we do this. It can't be recreated because God won't let it be recreated. Because he wants us to be together. You know, you know uh, um, if you just take a brick and you just set one brick over here by itself, it doesn't do much good, does it? That, that brick isn't as valuable just sitting there by itself. But when, they, when, when, when you get a bunch of bricks and you put them together, <clears throat> it's called a house. They come together, it builds, it builds something. It comes together. This is what I believe God wants to do with us is he wants us, specifically our church, there is, a, there is a call on this church to represent spiritual family to the world. And I know that's a big statement, but there's a, there's a revelation that he's releasing, there's a revelation that he has released on this church for us to live and to function in spiritual family. There's a reason we call it spiritual family and not community. Spiritual family is different, isn't it? Family, family's closer. Family actually goes through stuff together. See, the reason I want you to be committed to spiritual family today, the reason I want you to believe in it so much, is because I've done this long enough to know that when you commit to spiritual family, you've probably committed to getting hurt too. When you commit to spiritual family, you're probably committing to getting offended. Because you know what spiritual family is made up of? A bunch of you and me.
It's made up of a lot of imperfect people, isn't it? It's sad, actually, because I've seen way too many people get hurt by the church and disengage from the church for decades. They disengage from spiritual family. You want to know some of the healthiest people I've ever met? The healthiest people I've ever met are those who have a vibrant personal relationship with God and have a vibrant, colorful, amazing relationship with the people of God. I would even go as as far to say this. People who are struggling in their personal relationship with God but have a great relationship with spiritual family are better off than the opposite. They're better off than someone who has a vibrant personal relationship with God and no spiritual family. You know, you, you know what you call those people that just, they just have a great relationship with God but, but not spiritual family? Weird. <laughs> Most of the time, they're weird. And we would all be weird if we disconnected from family. We get weird when it's just us and God. We start thinking weird things, talking weird things, believing weird things, starting weird things. We're just weird all around. We need each other. We need family. I need someone to come to and be like, man, I feel like God is doing this. What do you think? I need other people's opinions, other people's beliefs. I need you rubbing off on me, me rubbing off on you. We all need to be in this thing together. You see, like, like, here's the sad part, going back to what I was saying. People have been hurt so much in the church that, that it even gets its own, its own definition, its own phrase now. It's called church hurt. We have freedom ministries and inner healing for church hurt. And I'm not downgrading that and I'm not acting like that doesn't happen. It does happen. But can I just say this uh, as I'm trying to be loving here. Um, It doesn't matter if you've been hurt by church or not. You're still called to spiritual family. Regardless of the offense, regardless of what has happened to you. And I'm not being insensitive to that. But regardless, Peter still says, you're a living stone being built together with other living stones. He still says you're the people of God. He still says you're the chosen of God. He still says you're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're supposed to be connected to this thing no matter what you've been through. I'm hitting this so hard. I'm gonna launch from this here in just a moment, but I'm hitting this so hard because I need you to believe in spiritual family so much so that you'll actually put your faith in it. I need you to put your faith into spiritual family. You say, what do you mean by that? I'll give you a quick example. Let's say, this is a really good analogy. You're going to love this. Let's say everyone in the room has $100,000 to invest somewhere. Say, say you received that. Somebody received it. I got someone with me this morning. All right. Let's say we all got a hundred grand. We're doing well in every area of life. We got an extra hundred grand just to invest. And I I bring you five investments that I believe um, will help you. And you're you're gonna evaluate those five, but you only get one to choose to put all hundred grand in. You're going to choose the one that you believe will give you the greatest return. You're gonna choose the one that will give you a reward. 
It's, see, hear me today. It would, it would not be enough for you to sit back with your $100,000 and be like, man, all those would be awesome. I bet someone would kill it if they just invest in that. And you stand back and you look at all the investments and never put your money into it. You know about the investments, but you did not invest into them. Hear me today. It is not enough to sit back and just know that spiritual family is good. It's not enough just to know that it's something that we should do. But we have to believe in it so much that we actually put our faith in it. We put our, is this making sense? That we actually put our belief into spiritual family saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually invest and believe in spiritual family so much that I'm gonna ex- actually expect a reward from it. That God's going to reward me for my commitment to his spiritual house. His, my commitment to his spiritual family. Today, I want us to have that belief, but also what I really want to talk to you about is what does it look like for us to actually begin to do this? All right, we don't just believe in it. We're going to invest in it. What does it look like to live in spiritual family? What does it look like to function in spiritual family? What does it look like for, for us actually to have a relationship with the imperfect people that are in the room? and it benefit our life. So today I want to title the message, Honor, Receive, and Reward. Honor, Receive, Reward. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you. We ask you to establish truth in our lives, that we would get established in spiritual family today, that you would just help us, that you would speak to us during this time, that you'd lead and guide us like you always do. Yeah, Lord, and I just thank you for what you want to say. I thank you for what you want to do today. In Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Amen, amen. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I believe that we as adults should bring back from our childhood, this little thing called peer pressure. It's time that we bring peer pressure back. Raise your hand if you ever did something dumb because of peer pressure. Anybody testimony service? Okay, everybody in here? <laughs> We've all done something because of peer pressure, right? I love peer pressure. You want to know why? Because I was good at it. I was so good at peer pressure, I could make my friends pretty much do anything. And that's when I knew I was called to be a preacher. That's how I knew it right there. I was, I was one of these, these guys that I loved, like, I loved heights. I loved jumping off of stuff and just kind of doing daring, uh, daring kind of things. And and so, um, but, but who wants to do that stuff alone, right? So you know what I would do? I would just convince all my friends to do it with me. I realized at an early age that not everybody was like me. Most people don't like to jump off stuff. Most people don't like to get up on the roof and jump off, on the, jump off the roof onto the ground or off the roof onto the trampoline. How about roof trampoline to the pool? Come on, somebody. <laughs> and I was always just, just, just doing things. And so because... I don't know what it was. I just couldn't stand that my friends would be, could be afraid, you know? Like, like the reason I peer pressured them is because they needed to be a man. <laughs> it's time to be a man. And I realized I couldn't get them to jump off the roof, but I could peer pressure them to get on the roof. And I was just, I would really, I'm just gonna brag on myself. I was a master. Bro, bro, just get up here with me. You don't have to jump. You don't have to jump. Just get on the roof and just check it out and watch. And like, you, I'm not gonna make you jump. 
oh, I made them jump. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't just good at peer pressure, but I was susceptible to peer pressure as well. I would like to even tell you as a 37-year-old man and pastor that I've gotten over the whole peer pressure thing, but I haven't. In fact, don't, now you can't use this against me, okay? I'm gonna be vulnerable for just a second. My staff knows this. The staff here knows that if they want me to do anything, all they have to do is start a slow, a slow clap and just start chanting my name. If I hear just Keith, 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 I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing? I'll do anything you want me to do. What do you want me to say? Where do you want me to go? I'll lose my pastor's license, whatever. It don't matter. If you're shouting my name, I'll do it. We need to bring a little bit of peer pressure back. Bring some peer pressure into the church. You know, peer pressure got a really bad rep when we were growing up, but I think that's only half the story because if you're a parent in here, how many of you would would be mad if your kid's best friend peer pressured them to read their Bible every day. You would be okay with that, right? You see, we're part of a spiritual family. And I think that it'd be good if we were so close to one another that we were able to peer pressure one another to do good for the gospel. That we would encourage one another to do good things, that we would encourage one another to share our testimony, that we would encourage one another to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover, that we would encourage one another to get out of the boat and not look at Peter and be like, what are you doing? But you're actually like, hey man, I think you can do this. You see, if we are involved in spiritual family, here's the truth, this is gonna sound really simple, but, it, but it's gonna help you evaluate some things. If you're truly involved in spiritual family, then somebody should be influencing your life. Someone should be affecting your life. Scripture actually teaches us that we should have people affecting our life. And I'm just gonna go ahead and take this one off the table for you. It can't be me and it can't be Cody all the time. It cannot be just from this place right here. It can't come from Stephen Furtick. It can't come from who you listen to online. I'm talking about you take that off the table. Is there anyone in your spiritual family that is affecting how you live your life? 1 Corinthians 12, Paul teaches us that, that we are a body of many parts. We need one another. And what does scripture actually teach? It says that if one part suffers, we all suffer. And if one part is honored, we all celebrate. You know what that sounds like to me? It sounds like people who are influencing one another. It sounds like people who are close enough to one another that, they're, that, that we're getting affected, that we're getting influenced. Can I just ask you today, is there anyone influencing your life? Is there anyone affecting your life? I've preached a, a message about really around this subject every year that I've been a preacher. I will teach on the power of the body, us coming together. I come out of 1 Corinthians 12, talking about the many parts. And if you've ever heard that scripture preached before, raise your hand. Say, I've heard that before. 
Oh, none of you. Okay, well, I'll come back next week and preach it, and then you'll know what I'm talking about. <clears> or <throat> many parts called to be together. And usually my angle is to let you know that you have a part to play. You actually have a gift. You have something to give. And can I just say that today? You have a part to play and you have something to give to this body. But the truth is that that's only half of your responsibility as a part of spiritual family. The Lord's been teaching me this. You see, hear, hear me today. We're not just called to bring our part. We're called to receive the other parts around us. We are not just called to bring our part, but we're actually called to learn how to receive the parts that are around us. That being a part of the body is not just about you bringing what you have in your gift, but it's actually getting into a place when you walk in here or you walk in into a home church or you get around your spiritual family that you have this thing about you that receives what other people carry. That, that, that awakens what other people carry, that values what other people carry. The Lord is trying to teach us something. He's trying to, he's trying to help us tap into a power that we may have never possessed before. And it's the power of the people around you. It's the power of spiritual family. It's the reward that I'm talking about. Because here's, here's, how many, you agree, how many of you would agree that the, that the Holy Spirit gives out spiritual gifts to the body of Christ? So all around this room, there's spiritual gifts. And you know that there's not just one gift, there's many gifts. So there's different parts and there's different gifts around this body. That's, that's just the truth. But hear me today, here, here's the kicker to the whole thing. That gift beside you, that other gift in this room, that favor that someone carries, that wisdom that someone else carries, those experiences that other people have been through in this, in this room, they will not influence your life unless you let them. I have, to, I have to let the gift on Emily's life, I have to let it affect me. I have to honor her enough I have to be humble enough to honor her enough to see the gift on her life. And, and, if, and if it looks different than mine, which it is, if it sounds different, if she sees different, if she has a whole nother side of God, I can't sit over here thinking I'm right and she's wrong. No, no, no. I come over and I let what she carries get on me. When's the last time you let someone's, let, let someone's gift get on you? When's the last time you let someone else's gift just get on you? When's the last time you let someone else's experience get on you? See, in order for this thing to work, we, we actually have to receive people. Jesus actually began to teach us this. Matthew chapter 10, verse 40. He was talking to his disciples. Are y'all with me today? He was talking to his disciples and he was about to send them out. And here's the statement that he made to them. He looks at him and says, he who receives you receives me. I, let's just take a second. This is Jesus, the son of God. He looks at his disciples and as he sends them out, he says, anyone who receives you 
it's actually the same as them receiving me. And then just to take it up a notch even further, he said, and if they receive me, they receive the, him who sent me. Did you know, keep that up there, did you know that when you receive someone else in this room, when you receive another part of the body, you receive a part of Jesus? You are carrying a part of Jesus and so is someone else. And when we receive others, when we receive other people in our spiritual family, we're actually receiving Jesus and the one who sent him, God the Father. We're receiving them into our lives. And just so, just so happens that Jesus didn't want us to think that it just happened with him. He's, he goes on to say this in verse 41, he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Notice that there's a reward. Notice there's a reward. And notice how the reward gets on you. It gets on you when you receive them. When you receive the prophet, you get the prophet's reward. When you receive the righteous man, you receive a righteous man's reward. What I'm trying to get across to you today is there are rewards waiting for you all around this room. There's a favor waiting to get on you. There's a healing waiting to get on you. There's a faith waiting to get on you. There's a, some of y'all need strength in here today. There's a strength waiting to get on you and it's just sitting in the room. It's just sitting in the room. It's just waiting on your connection. It's just waiting on your receiving. It's just waiting on you letting it get on you. Man, what, I, what I'm trying to talk about to you today is, is we, we as the body of Christ, we have to learn how to let people in. We have to learn how to lean into people. We have to learn how to receive from people. I'm, I'm guilty of this, and I'm, I'm hoping some of you are too. We, as, as people who have been in church for a long time, you know, what we, you know what we become? We become watchers. We watch. Matea's up here playing. She starts to sing out prophetically. We watch. We just watch. Where are we going? Where's she taking us? What's happening? The words aren't on the screen. What is this? Is she supposed to be doing that? Do they know she's doing that? Well, I guess they can't stop her. Somebody turn her down back there. <laughs> I'm just trying to guess what, my, what you may be thinking. I have no idea. Especially this group over here. I feel like y'all don't, don't, don't like when we do that. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> just making sure you're paying attention. And we, we, we kind of can get guilty of just watching. And man, when God begins to move like, Sometimes it's not all wrong to sit and watch. I'm not saying it's all the way wrong. But what I'm, what I'm learning to do is once I've watched for a second and I realize, all right, this is where we're going, then I switch from watching to receiving and I begin to receive. All right, what's Matea carrying this morning? What is she releasing right now in this moment? Lord, I receive her gift. God, I receive Rabe's gift to lead us into worship. 
Lord, I receive Levi's gift to play those drums. And it don't take much convincing, right? And we begin to, can you, can you see what could happen if we just begin to receive one another? Can you, can you, there's a reward. And we get out of watching and we maybe even get out of being skeptical. And we begin to trust again. Man, I feel that this morning. I, I realize that can be hard. I realize it can be hard for you to trust. Because you've been hurt before. Man, I'll, let's just get super real today. I can see how it would be hard for the church to, to trust pastors. After all the crap that comes out and all the stories that keep just popping out here and there, and you hear about this, what they did and this, I realize, I realize today it's not that easy to trust the pastor anymore. But did you know, did you know that you can actually honor someone who, you can honor who someone is in the spirit even when you see the nastiness of their flesh? And I'm not talking about moral failings. I'm not talking about big stuff that should get people out. I'm not talking about that. This is just a part of spiritual family though. Is you know that the closer that you get connected to spiritual family, the more dirt you'll begin to see? You'll just start to see stuff. If you, if, if you got closer to me, you start to see stuff. If any of y'all were around when I was coaching youth baseball here in town, you would have seen some stuff. No joke, I'm just gonna tell on myself, all right? With the altar call music and everything, I'm gonna tell on myself. I was coaching at the Presbyterian Church, what is that basketball, upwards basketball. It's a Christian basketball league. And I'm a pastor in, the, in this town at this church. And I had a few choice words with one of the other coaches. Sometimes you got to, that's exactly right. He needed to know, you know what I'm saying? I hope he's here today. Come find me up here, I'll pray for you. I've been church hurt. Okay, anyways. I said something I shouldn't have said. He had been mouthing at me and anyway. Y'all, if any of y'all know my sports background, there's still a lot of that in me. And I said something and shouldn't have said it. And they ref stopped the game, came over, calmed me down, calmed everybody down. I had a mom looking at me like I was the devil. It was bad. Well, guess what I had to do after that Saturday game? I had to come up to the office and prepare a message. And guess what happened in the middle of my, my message preparing? I got a call from Upwards Basketball from the leader. I told you, none of y'all are coming back to this church. I'm just messing this whole thing up right now. She's like, yeah, well, you shouldn't have said that. I was like, yes, ma'am, I know. I'm, I apologize, you're exactly right. She's like, but just so you know, all the refs told me what happened and we're on your side. So I really didn't feel that bad is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> My point in all that is we're imperfect people. The family of God is imperfect. Oh, but that's the beauty of it. 
This is the beauty of it. This is, this, this is like, wow, like we can actually see some, some lack in the flesh. Oh, but you can actually still honor someone in the spirit. You can, what I mean by that, you can honor the gift that God placed on their life because the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. The gifts and the callings of God still stay even when you say something you shouldn't say. The gifts and the callings of God still stay on your life even when you mess up, even when you hurt somebody, even when they've hurt you, they stay because they are without repentance. They were given to you by God. And yeah, it may get messy and it may get dirty. Oh, but the reward that's there, the reward that's there. See what I'm talking to you today is, is really, it's about honor. It's about us honoring one another. Here at Renew Life Church, you need to understand one of our core beliefs here, we have 12 of them. One of the core beliefs we have is honor. And I just, for those of you who've been in church for a long time, I just wanna, wanna make sure you understand what kind of honor I'm talking about. We believe in 360 degree honor. Honor should not just come up. Honor doesn't just come up here. Honor goes down, honor goes sideways. We honor 360 degree. One of the coolest things I learned about honor, do I have any bird hunters in here? Raise your hand. Anybody have any bird dogs? Okay, if I mess this up, don't, don't say anything, all right? I'm gonna act like in my skinny jeans, I'm gonna act like I know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> but one of the things they teach these, these dogs, usually they go out in pairs. And when they get on some birds, they see them, smell them, they see a, a one or, or a covey of them, they'll stop and they'll point. They'll point at these birds. And as the hunter, you'll know where they're at. Usually they have a dog in front and a dog behind. You know what they teach the dog that's in the back? They teach them something called honoring the point. And what the dog will do that's behind is as soon as they see the other dog get on something and stop and point, guess what this dog does? It points at whatever that dog's pointing at. Without seeing the bird, without smelling the bird, without even knowing it's there, it puts so much trust in this other dog, it will point at the thing it's pointing at. And it honors the point. You say, well, pastor, can you bring it out of the dog world and into human world for a second? See, sometimes that's what honor looks like in the body. I don't see that side of God, I honor it. I didn't hear that thing about God, I honor it. Oh, I don't usually function that way, I honor it. Oh, I walk into a home church and I, I just feel like I'm not carrying anything, I have nothing to give. Oh, but someone else does, I honor it. And I don't just honor it for me, I honor it for everybody else. And I say, hey everybody, Anna Cobb's on something today. Listen to what, wow, yes, listen to what she's saying. And you just begin to point where she's pointing. We begin to point, with, point to wherever this gift is leading. Whatever God's saying over here, we honor one another. And it's in our honor that we begin to receive.
I'll close with this story. I know I'm, I'm running a little late. I'll close with this story. Um, <clears throat> you know, Braden is um, someone that is highly connected in church world. He, he, knows, he knows a lot of pastors and um, really some big name people. And he doesn't just go around flaunting that and letting everybody know, but these are the people that you probably listen to. Um, he just has some amazing connections. It's just, he's been given a gift and a favor in the area of connections. That's just absolutely amazing. And as kind of the number two here, as kind of the one who's been with him, you know, it'd be really easy for me to get jealous of him. That, that, that would be a really easy thing for me to do. Like, and it'd also be one of those things where it's like, okay, in order for me to... It, Proof of me getting somewhere spiritually is that I start to have connections. I start to get to know some big name people. Maybe that's what it looks like to really get someplace in, in ministry, become someone. But you wanna know the truth? I don't have that favor on my life. As of yet, there's, there's, there's not a lot of favor in that area for me. But you know what I've learned? I don't have to have the favor because I'm connected to the one who does. I may not have a lot of connections. Oh, but I'm connected to the one who has all the connections. I don't have to become Braden. I just have to connect to him. And I honor, I honor his gift I honor the favor that he has. And in turn, guess what? His connections have become mine. I mean, we get around some of these people and they realize, but Keith's way cooler than Braden. <laughs> I like to just do that because he's not here. He's on sabbatical still, so I'm just gonna keep doing this stuff and don't tell him though, okay? Not jealous and I'm not competing, I'm connecting. Just connect. And they really have, they've become some of my connections. I wanna set you free with this one statement this morning. Become who God has called you to be and then just connect with the rest. Don't think that you have to be it. Don't think that you have to have the gift. Don't try to become something you're not. We have enough to deal with just with who we are <laughs> and who he's called us to be. Just keep saying yes to God and becoming who he wants you to become and discovering that gift on your life and the calling and whatever he's wanting you to do. Just become that. But don't compete and get jealous. Just, oh, this is who I am and be, be secure enough to be okay with who he's made you to be. And if you want something else, just connect to it. You want fun? Just connect to these two right here. Kyle, Emily. I mean, did y'all see Emily's sweater today? It's got four different colors. It's like, it just says fun. <laughs> you need some faith? I know one of the things I carry is a gift of faith. And when the anointing comes on me, there's a gift of faith. Who needs faith today? Would you raise your hand? See, I'm just in a place and I need some faith. Come on, raise it nice and high. I'm about to pray for you. All right, would you just put your hand on your heart? Lord, I just release faith right now in the name of Jesus. 
I impart a strength and a faith that they can do whatever you've called them to do. They can do whatever, whatever you've made them to do. I thank you today that they are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Holy Spirit, I ask you to rise up on the inside of them in the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is now alive in your body right now. And you can do whatever he's called you to do. I thank you, Lord, that you're working things out for their, for their good, that no matter what situation and what, what circumstance they find themselves in, you are giving them the strength and the answer right now. I pray for a boldness to come on them. I pray for an endurance to come back to them. I pray for some hope to be instilled in them again, to keep going, to keep pushing. Hear me today, you can do it. Hear me today, you can do it. You can do all things through Christ who has given you strength. I'm gonna encourage you in the Lord and stir you up. You can do it. Yes, you can. You can find that person that, that you need to talk to. You can become the answer. You've got it all around you. There is nothing that pertains to godliness that you don't have. You've got everything that pertains to life and godliness because God gave it to you. And you're a son and a daughter of the Most High God. See, we can do that for each other. I simply wanna encourage you today, connect. Begin to connect to those around you. Begin to honor, turn your honor on. Look at your neighbor and say, turn your honor on. <laughs> Let's begin to honor one another. Let's begin to connect to one another. What does that mean practically? It means before you leave today, you already know the couple. You should have invited them to lunch six weeks ago and you still ain't, ain't done it. Go invite them to lunch. And then honor them. And then honor them. Ask them, ask them their story, to share their story. Ask them what God has done in their life. You know what? You don't even have to do that. Just have fun. Invite someone over to your house and open a bottle of nice, red, thick, deep, luscious wine. I know nothing about that. Just have heard, it's good. Enjoy one another's company. You wanna know how this really begins to happen? You gotta get in there with people. You gotta connect, you gotta do it by faith. Here, remember what I said? It's not enough just to know it. You gotta put your faith in it. Put your belief in it, take a step into it. All right, I'm preaching way too much. <laughs> Connect to people and you'll receive a reward, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.